the Bible Study Podcast, episode 438. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew as we continue with chapter 14. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're continuing on today with chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Verse 22 starts this way immediately. Again, Matthew is tying in this to the previous story, so let's go back a bit here. Remember that last week we talked about two things. One, that John the Baptist was killed. John the Baptist was beheaded. And then Jesus goes off in the wilderness to find a solitary place, but instead he's followed by all of the people. He teaches all day, and then he has the feeding of the 5,000. And this story follows right after that. He sends the disciples away and goes on a boat. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all of their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it healed. So Jesus has just done this big miracle, this feeding of the 5,000. The first of the two times he'll do this, he'll do this again with 4,000 men and plus women and children next chapter. But this is the first time that the disciples have seen something like this, first time the people have seen something like this. But he sends the disciples away, and the other gospels tell us that the people want to make him king because they give him bread, and that may be why he sends them away doesn't want them involved in that nonsense. But he sends them away and says, basically, you go take the boat and you go on ahead. Now, it's not clear, probably to them or to anyone else, how Jesus is going to catch up. Because Jesus doesn't have another boat, so far as we know. But they have come over here to this part of the Sea of Galilee, because remember, Jesus was looking for quiet. And so they had retired to this solitary place. He dismisses the people and he goes and he does what he intended to do in the first place, probably, which was spend some time in prayer. John the Baptist, remember, has just been killed. He hasn't had a chance to deal with that yet. And so he spends the time in prayer and deals with that finally. Probably what he's praying about, or at least as Matthew tells us this story, this all happens bang, 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 one thing right after another. So Jesus spends some time in prayer. After this long and complicated day, he does what he needs to do. And it's also a good example for us that he's not too busy to pray. He's not too tired to pray. In fact, probably quite the opposite. He's getting strength from his prayers and his time with God. 
And then later that night, they're in the boat and they start to be buffeted by winds and waves. And this is apparently something that can come up fairly quickly here on the Sea of Galilee or Lake Tiberias. And then shortly before dawn, we hear that the people in the boat, the disciples, see this figure walking on the water towards them. And these are fishermen, at least some of them, and they have been on the lake for much of their lives, and they've never seen anything like this. And they respond, I think, correctly, which is with fear. There's no reason that they would immediately say, oh, look, Jesus is coming. He's walking across the water. I mean, this is something unusual. This is something that they think it must be a ghost. They've never seen anything like this. And Jesus says, don't worry, it's me. And then Peter has this rash, brave, um, how, do you, how do you interpret what Peter says? But he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. It's an interesting moment here. Why does Peter do it? Why does Peter get out of the boat? Why does Peter go walking on the water to Jesus? Is it just curiosity? Is uh, Peter the first of the adrenaline junkies and he would have gone skydiving or ziplining if you'd asked him to? I I think there's more to it than that. But it's interesting that Peter does that. None of the other disciples go, yeah, yeah, me too, Lord. But Peter gets out of the boat on Jesus' invitation, come. And he walks towards Jesus. And then I've always thought it interesting, and you probably heard this mentioned in sermons, but then he saw the wind and he was afraid. So Peter gets out of the boat. He's looking at Jesus. He's walking towards Jesus. He's doing what he considered impossible just a few minutes ago. He is walking on the water. He's going to change his whole fishing career this way. And then he notices that he's in a storm. And then he looks around and sees the wind. Well, he can't really see the wind, but he sees the wind-whipped waves. He sees all of this around him. He takes his eyes off Jesus to notice this, and he starts to sink. And says, Lord, save me. And Jesus is now at his side, reaches out, catches him, pulls him back up on the water, pulls him back into the boat. We don't know. But he catches him and says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And I've always thought this is so unfair because Peter's the only one who got out of the boat. And yet, clearly the reason why Peter was thinking is that he had doubts. And clearly the reason why he had doubts is that he took his eyes off Jesus and started to notice this ridiculous situation that he had put himself in, this amazing situation that he put himself in, this scary situation that he had put himself in. He had accepted the invitation of Jesus to come and to do something amazing, and to do something impossible. But then he starts to have second thoughts. Then he starts to say, well, this may be a little too impossible. This may be a little too out there. And so he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to sink. When Jesus gets back in the boat with Peter, what do the other disciples say to Peter? I thought you had it there, Peter. Gee, that Peter, that's why I didn't do it. That was foolish. Why did you take your eyes off Jesus? Or, wow, I can't believe that I didn't do that. Why didn't I try? We don't know. doesn't say. But certainly they remembered it. Matthew writes this down when he decides to write his gospel. He wants to tell this story, this story of faith. 
that's not just a story of a miracle, but it's also a story of the disciples' response to the miracle. And their response is they worship him. Their response is when he gets in the boat, they say, truly, you are the son of God. It's interesting this week because I had one of the listeners of the show ask a question on the left a comment on last week's episode saying they had read such and such an author who had said when he looked at the the language and did a word study that maybe Jesus never really claimed to be the son of God. And I wrote back and said, well, certainly the disciples thought he was. And we see that right here, that the disciples at this point are giving witness to the divinity of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't say, no, 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 no. Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. The disciples knew by this point that this is not just something that a good teacher does. So they look to Jesus at this point with new eyes, and they worship him, and they understand a little more about who he is. It says, when they crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret, and the men of the place also recognized Jesus. So when they get there, they say Jesus is here, and they do what people have been doing in Jesus' ministry. They bring the sick so that he can heal them, so that he can cure them, because they too recognize in Jesus the power and authority that has been bringing people out into the wilderness has been bringing people out into desolate places to see him and to listen to him and to be healed by him. I pray this week that you and I will also listen to Jesus, follow him even into those desolate places, we'll keep our eyes on him, and we'll listen to his invitation to come. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.